fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Welcome to this episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We're just hitting you all the time now. We're acting as your lead blocker uh, for fantasy glory and excellence and awards and all the good stuff. And, and uh, your fantasy offseason, which is never ending because the NFL is making big moves every single day involving big name dudes, big name fantasy dudes. We're not talking about like an offensive tackle that's like the best in the business. Talking top guys, Devontae Adams, and now Tyreek Hill. That's right. Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes' speed demon, best weapon. Uh, he's on the Dolphins now, and they paid a shit ton for him. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Broder Street himself. How's it going, Wolf? It's so insane, Matt. Like I feel like we like we laugh about it. Like, what bomb's going to drop next time? Like, and every single time, it's like the NFL's trying to outdo itself. Who would have ever thought... Tyreek Hill and Pat Mahomes would be broken up like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. These two, two of the best QBs in the game and probably of all time. Now they're two top weapons that they seem like it was just the perfect pairings are now both broken up and on two completely different situations. It's madness. I just like what's going to happen next is really what just runs through my mind this entire offseason. You think it's done and then we have to do another emergency pod. And I love it. It gives me a good excuse to, you know, shoot the shit with you and catch up and, and get football talk going. But man, I hope this is every offseason from here on out. I, I love it's this. Im- I, I, it has, it can't be. And and there can't be much more coming because how many other big names are there? Like at some point we're going to run out, right? You'd think so. We've had right? stories about Rogers, uh, you know, Adams, Hill, Brady, McCaffrey's McCaffrey. Like, yeah, 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 sure. McCaffrey's, McCaffrey's been, McCaffrey's people are shopping him around. They're talking about it. Like it, it's, <laughs> that's, it's that's happening. Be so anyway, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. And so we're going to get right into this trade. McCaffrey to the Bills, Nat. I'm calling it now. We're going to be meeting on Monday talking about McCaffrey going to the Bills. I, I, that that would merit an emergency podcast. <laughs> right? Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> they could play him like 40% of the plays and he'd still be incredible. Yeah. All right. The Dolphins got Tyreek, like we said. Uh, they got him in exchange for five draft picks, um, including the this year's first and second round picks. And they gave him a four-year, $120 million extension. I think 72 or 78 of that is guaranteed. Uh, it's enough to take care of him for a while. This is a huge contract. I mean, remember, the, the big contracts, it seems like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago were like $20 million, and now it's 30 so it's like and and like a guy we're going to talk about in a little while uh marquez valdez scantling i think he's getting 10 or 12 right yeah who the hell is he <laughs> seriously it's just the off season of complete tossing money against the wind i mean tyree kill is certainly somebody to, to back up the brakes trucks through he is but this seems like an overspend to me it really does it, it could be i still think he has all those years left but it will be an overspend if Tua cannot deliver the mail to him. And right, exactly. Look who he's playing with. He's playing with Pat Mahomes. He's, that was, that's the best case scenario. Like the guy can buy time, get outside in the pocket. He has a cannon for an arm, and he's super, super accurate. Does Tua have any of that stuff? I don't know. 
We will find out for sure. <laughs> Obviously, the fantasy implications completely massive. We'll just kind of rip through them all, starting with Tyreek Hill. He fell five spots. He was my wide receiver three behind only Jefferson and, of course, Cooper Cup. Uh, now my wide receiver eight or nine. I still haven't really decided. Right in that range. I could see this being a positive, never more so than playing with Mahomes. It's never going to be better than that. That was the ceiling. Yeah. That was the ideal, the perfect situation. But ultimately, he could be their next Debo Samuel. Remember, Mike McDaniels comes over from the 49ers where he was the run game coordinator, the offensive coordinator. And it wasn't that long ago when Tyreek Hill was a rookie and a sophomore. He was lining up in the backfield. He was kind of sure. masking Alex Smith. Remember he was a gadget player? Exactly. Remember Mitch Renz told us he was a gadget player? Yeah, he's better than yeah, John Brown was better than him. Oh my God, awful calls. Uh, ultimately, we were on the right side of that one by a I know. 10, for a miles. change, we were right about Tyreek Hill being a real game breaker. But he could get into that Debo Samuel hypothetical role that everybody's been kind of drooling over for Jalen Waddle. He's also Jalen Waddle, a good fit for that. But it's one or the other. It's Tyreek Hill is the better during Debo Samuel. He's he's Debo Samuel Samuel with better. So if, if they use him that way in the backfield, getting carries, getting end arounds, getting those quick dump offs, he's going to do some crazy things. But you do cut off the, the deep ball at this point. Tua is not a deep passer. He's been so reluctant throughout his career. Did he have the weapons? Maybe, maybe not. Jalen Waddle certainly can burn, though, so I, he should have been able to get it deep more often than he did. So that's what's kind of concerning to me is, is why are you getting all this speed for a guy that's so unwilling to push it down the field? Now, maybe it was also the play caller. Maybe Mike McDaniels was unlocked that type of throw. But ultimately, it, it has to be considered a negative going from Mahomes to Tua for Tyreek Hill. I don't consider it a positive for Waddle. Yeah, Tyreek Hill can open up some space, get him some easier looks underneath. But I, I see them kind of playing the same type of roles and ultimately kind of cannibalizing each other. They're very similar style players. So I, I do obviously love Waddle. I'm not going to throw him down into complete obscurity. But I mean, I had him in my top 12 receivers. He's now a fringe top 20 guy for me. You know, drops eight to 10 spots. Uh, it's got to be considered a negative. Do you think I'm overreacting there? No, I think you're exactly right. I think, yeah, like I said, it, it doesn't make a ton, a ton of sense to me. This is this is not as much a bet on Hill to me as it is a bet on Tua. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously your receivers are inextricably linked to your quarterback. And if 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 Tua can't throw deep to this guy, you're it, it's such a limit on what he can do. I mean, are you really giving him thirty million dollars a year to bring him over and be like a halfway running back? I don't buy that. No, like I, I you know, sure he's dangerous on a couple carries a game. I mean, he's just insanely fast and stuff. But I mean, think about all the highlight Tyreek Hill plays that we've seen over the last several years. They're bombs. Yeah. Where he, he gets separation and he's just gone. I mean, to me, that's what he is. That he, I mean, he, he's got good hands. He's a good receiver, but he's amazing at that. He's the best at that. The best and, game breaker, exactly. He, he yeah, breaks he's, games. Tua, can he break games? Probably not. I mean, who knows? I don't we'll know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, I agree with you. How could Waddle not take a hit? Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. Tua has to come up at least a little bit just based on the fact that he has a, another weapon in his cabinet. And – I agree with you that Tyreek's fantasy value cannot be as high as it was when he was playing with the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. Um, eight, I, I don't know if I if I like him that high. I'd have to see the list. It might be tough to pass at somebody as talented as that at eight. Uh, Ty, uh, you have him as your wide receiver eight, like you said, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's right around the C.D. Lamb type of range. And, and now that Amari Cooper's gone, maybe 
bad you to bump Lamb up ahead of him. Uh, it's a tough call. It really is. It, it will be a very – there's a clear thread to what the Dolphins are doing here, at least, though. The four fastest speeds recorded by next-gen stats over the last five years – six years, rather. Tyree Kill, Raheem Mostert, Tyree Kill, and Raheem Mostert have combined for those, and they signed both of those guys this offseason. So, again, clearly there's a mission here. Gain more speed. The question is, is Tua going to be the type of guy to, you know, absolutely maximize that? He has to get a bump up. I bumped him to QB 15, yeah. uh, four spots higher than where I had him because with this type of weaponry and this type of speed, he just has to hit players. Yeah. He is great. And one thing that Tua does well that I think is going to be great for Hill, great for already was great for Waddle, he hits his players in stride and really leads them. So when Tyree Hill catches that ball, he's already accelerating. I love how Tua does that. So I do think it's going to be a beautiful fit in those short crossers, those quick hits that he just gets into motion. And, and, and Hill can kill you on those. I mean, he he absolutely can turn an eight-yard pass into 40. I so. mean, give him the peace sign to the defenders before they're even, like, you know, the pursuit angles. He already knows they're wrong. I, I think he's going to be deadly in that sense. You think he's um, a 1,000-yard guy this year? Yeah, I, exactly. Is he going to be 1,500 like he was with? The you know the Chiefs obviously not. I don't think no. it's even close to that ceiling, and that's why he has taken a big bump. And again, Waddle takes a bump down. Tua gets raised up. The remaining pieces here, Parker probably going to be traded at this point. If not, largely irrelevant to me. He already kind of was irrelevant. I'll tell you what, if I'm the Packers, I'm driving hard to the hoop trying to get somebody. Why not? Right? You, you got to get someone eventually. Parker like they're all going to be gone. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, by far, he'd be their best receiver. And then to me, Gasecki, it's like it does take a hit because clearly now he's below both of Waddle and Tyree Kill, whereas he was the clear number two on the target totem pool. But I don't think his role gets all that erased. You think about you know, Mike Gasecki playing that George Kittle style role. Now, of course, he's not Kittle, so we can't just automatically say that. But he is a very athletic, one of the fastest in speed, speed, speed type ends in the league. So he can also do tons of damage after the catch. So, again, Tua, if he has any type of talent, we're going to find out this year. It is just so crazy, too, how, like, they were so hardcore in pursuit of Deshaun Watson for so long, and then now they just loaded up around Tua. So they were just like, well, we got to spend this money on somebody. Right. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) So that's the Dolphins follow to me. Obviously, there's the other side of things, the Chiefs. What are they left with? To me, Pat Mahomes has to get downgraded, but like, can you really like a little below Herbert or no. you know, Watson or Brady? Like, I, I don't think you can, even with the weapons downgrade. He's just, we've seen it before. They've actually won more games. Uh, their winning percentage is better without Tyreek Hill than with him, which is just insane to me. I know that's kind of, well, it's very negligible. Doesn't Rodgers Rogers also have a great winning percentage without Adams? It's weird like that. Like they weirdly yeah. step their game up when they don't have their number one receivers. I don't know why. It doesn't make any type of sense. And it's it's so close that it's not it's negligible. I'm not saying the Chiefs are at any means a better team without him. It's just what the numbers have said these last few years. I, I do think it is a downgrade, but I imagine with all these draft picks they've got, they're gonna be hammering at least one, if not two, three of these wide receivers. And if they get like a Chris Olave from uh, Ohio State. There's tons of speed out there. Jamison Williams from the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know he's coming off the ACL, but he's got some deep burner speed. They could easily. I I think Tyreek Hill is going to be far more hurt than Pat Mahomes is going to be hurt without him. That's how I view this. I do think it's a big up for Travis Kelsey. I mean, the clear-cut, established rapport on this roster, really he's the only one that has any type of existing rapport with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, big bump up, different style player, but at, at this point behind only Travis Kelsey on the totem pole, and he's just that crafty veteran that 
We'll get it done with whoever's the quarterback, build that trust. He can't do what Tyree Kill does, but he could certainly catch 75, 80, even a oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I think he's actually going to do pretty well. Yeah, I bumped him up a, a 13 whole spots here. Wide receiver 26 now, and, and I keep getting tempted to. I, I was going to say, man, I could see bumping him even a little bit more. We'll see. No one would be shocked if, if Juju becomes their, their number one receiver behind, of course, Travis Kelsey and, and puts up a top 15 season. Then it becomes now MBS, right? As we're going live, you know, just an hour ago, he signed. <laughs> I was going to first, is it Hardman? Who's the next up? It does seem like it's MBS. And as you alluded to at the top of the show, got a fat bag, you know, over 10 million a year. And why did he why did he get a fat bag? Because look at if you actually look at what he's done over the course of his career, I'm not talking like the last year or whatever. I feel like he was like one year, maybe he was like the fantasy wide receiver 50. His best season was the wide receiver 55. 55? Yeah, 55. 66, 84, 55, and 81. So I was giving him a little bit too much credit, actually. Yeah, you gave him too much. 50 was uh, way too ambitious there, Matt. And so it's one of those things like, yeah, of course this was. It's so easy to look at it. This was the ideal spot for Marquez Valdez. Of course, there's an open deep throw, yeah, yeah. the best deep throwers. But he also was in a great spot with Aaron Rodgers, and he did nothing for so long. He was a wide receiver one or two in 23% of his career game so far. And what's even worse than that is like, okay – but when he busted, which was, again, 77% of the time, it was like 0, 1.7, 2.1. It was busts that killed you. It wasn't like a serviceable wide receiver three type of range. It was awful. Wide right. receiver and, 70, and, wide receiver 90, like horrendous. And I'm, expecting simil- I'm expecting similar things out of him that we saw in Green Bay. Like to me, it's, it's kind of translatable. And I think he'll be like a – okay receiver on the Chiefs. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's like I've never seen this guy be – I mean, we've been waiting for him to do something for like three years, four years. I don't know. And so it's like now he's going to the Chiefs. I mean, I'm just repeating everything you're saying basically, but, you know, it's like he's playing for this amazing quarterback. Yeah, he was before. Exactly. (laughs) I did bump him up. Obviously, he has to get an upgrade here now that we know where he's at. And, again, the ideal landing spot. But even in the perfect spot, he's wide, wide receiver 50 for me. 130 overall. It does, you know, Mark Michael Holman, Hardman rather could have potentially ascended into that role. It seems clear that they don't trust him. And why would they? Like he, as a rookie, had that insane touchdown rate and looked like the next breakout star and just has completely floundered for three straight years. He was tweeting earlier this offseason, like, why are you guys coming at me? I, I'm behind Health Kelsey and, and Hill. Like, you know, <laughs> don't you realize what, what those numbers yeah, it, it, so he is confident in himself that he is going to be much better. I'm not confident at all, but I guess still worth a, a late-round stab. To me, I'm not taking either of those guys in any format other than best ball because I don't want that headache. I don't want to have to try to figure out which of the one out of four weeks is you know, Marquez Valdez scaling. Even one out of four is generous. 23% again over his career has he actually been a viable fantasy receiver, and he is brutal when he's not good. And I, again, do not expect that to change at all in this new home. No, I don't either. Uh, you know, I, look, I've been wrong plenty of times before, but this does not move the needle for me. No. All right. Well, I feel like that's pretty much the ins and outs of the Tyreek trade. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. If you haven't given us a like already, please do. If you haven't given us a, a subscription already, 
I mean, I feel like we've got our diehards here with us, so you're probably all subscribed. <laughs> anyway. Catching it because of new SEO or whatever. I put it on the big board as well. So if you're here and you're new and you like what you're hearing, please do consider subscribing. Of course, you can find me at Roto Street Wolf if you ever want to chat. Well, I love answering the DMs. Love uh, updating the big board daily. RotoStreetJournal.com slash big board. Right. If you want to see live in real time how these update. Uh, I, I don't know anybody else. I, I obviously love tapping themselves on the back, but I don't know anyone else who updates their rankings quite as frequently as we do. Uh, so grocerygeneral.com slash big board. Go check it out. I'll be updating it every single day, and especially with these bombs, as long as they keep dropping, we're going to keep checking in. Right. You can find The Wolf on, on Twitter and all the other social media. You can find me in the Yellow Pages print edition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just just look me up yes. anyway uh we're gonna move on because not only are we talking Tyreek and hopefully we can actually talk about NCAA for a couple minutes before we leave but we also want to talk about running back news and tight end news we hit quarterbacks and wide receivers last episode I had to bail a little bit early but the wolf held it down completely respect uh respectfully and uh wonderfully in my absence run but running back news uh we're gonna head it off we got four kind of big ones Leonard Fournette to the Bucks okay like uh you know, he was like packing his bags, leaving. And then Brady said, hey, I'm coming back. And Leonard said, hey, I'm coming back too. Exactly. <laughs> and it's perfect. That's exactly what we'd want. But he was the running back four in fantasy points last year in points per game. Was number three in targets among running backs. Number four in receiving yards. That was the real boost that we hadn't seen. We'd seen him catch some balls, but third in, in targets and fourth in receiving yards. Amazing. Love to see it. Uh, and ultimately, now Ronald Jones is gone. So it could ultimately be even more volume for Leonard Fournette moving forward. And the great comparison from one of our, our favorites, Scott Barrett. Well, first, the fact is he was a uh, running back one or two, top 24, in 79% of the games last year. That's a great rate that he's always yeah. going to be producing for you. He was only under 10 PPR points twice on the season. And even still, unlike Valdez Scantling, when he kills you, he still got like seven-ish. So it wasn't, I mean, obviously seven-ish from your – your main running back is bad, but the thing is you don't have to draft him like your main running back. He is by far the cheapest bell cow in fantasy. Right now he's going in rounds four or five after landing here, and he is as good as anybody going in round one, in my opinion. He's right up into my top 12 running backs. One of my favorite comparisons, as I was alluding to, was Scott Barrett. He looked at, you know, bell cow type metrics. Leonard Fournette over the playoffs last year was averaging 15 and a half attempts per game, 77 rush yards, one and a half TDs per game. Eight targets per game, 6.8 receptions, and a half receiving touchdowns, so two touchdowns per game overall, uh, ultimately playing 84% of the snaps and averaging 30 points per game over the the playoffs, the last four games of the season. Christian McCaffrey in 2019, when he scored the second most points of all time among running backs, only LaDainian Tomlinson played 93% of snaps, so just a little bit more snaps, scored 29 fantasy points per game, so less than Leonard Fournette, and right around the same type of carry, 17, uh, under under the touchdown metrics. And then, you know, okay, you cherry-picking his best games. Of course, it's playoff Lenny. He had some insane ones. If you go all the way through the whole season, it's really not that far off. He was averaging right around 23 fantasy points per game, so yeah, a, a touchdown less than what McCaffrey was doing, but that was, again, the number two score in fantasy history. If he averages 22 fantasy points per game again this year and you're getting him in round four, he's going to win you your league. I I imagine his price will continue to creep up and it will continue to adjust. But right now, I I keep doing these underdog drafts because I'm addicted to the RSJ. If you you want to load up, 
And I'm getting him in round four every single time. It's kind of like James Conner, too, loading up on him in round five and six. Like people just haven't realized. You're, right you're, you're almost you're almost underselling to me. Like you're saying if, if this guy gets you 22 points a game and you're getting him in the fourth round, you're get, you're going to win your league. I think if he gets you 17 points a game and you get him in the fourth round, you're, you're going to win your league. Like that's how astronomically high those numbers are for where he's being drafted. Uh, it was the smart move for him to come back. You know, you know, eh, good for him. Uh, I'm I'm pulling for him. I think it was the right move, and I agree with you. He's got insane fantasy value. And given a three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract, like they're signing him to be the bell cow. They want that's that's considerably cheaper than MVS got. (laughs) That's fucking mind blowing. This absolute monster is going to have a ridiculous season. MBS is going to maybe get you one good game out of every five. It's like what, like a what, like a third of what Christian Kirk got. Exactly. Uh, right. That's just the nature of the that's running. Some, that's some, bull, that's some bullshit. Anyway. An NFL running back. <laughs> Let's talk about another running back who's kind of a receiver, and that's Cordero Patterson also going back to Atlanta, which I'm glad he did. I found his usage yeah. throughout the year to be strange. Um, it's like he got really good at stuff, and then they're like, all right, we're not going to do that anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Did, is that how you saw it? Well, that's 100% how I saw it. And then when you look at the numbers, it's even more stark than you might realize. Okay, I'm just going from the eye test. So if you got actual data, like lay it on me. (laughs) Nine weeks. Patterson was the running back six, 19.9 PPR fantasy points per game, 459 receiving yards at that point. So on pace for nearly 1,000. Fresh Mm -hmm. off a a six reception, 126 receiving yard masterpiece against the Saints, was just dominating. Weeks Weeks 10 through 18. Totaled 89 receiving yards over those games, 11 per game. Coming off a 126-yard game, he had 11 per game after that. Right. They were like, let's bump the brakes on this. Yeah, we're, he's too good. He's scoring too many. too successful. Now. He's the one reason we're actually competitive right now. Let's, let's hold off on that. Never top 27 again as a receiver. 10.1 PPR fantasy points per game, so nine points less and he became this like early down grinder was getting handoffs mm. uh, you know up, right up the gut i don't get it and that's kind of the the interesting dichotomy here is they re-sign him it's the ideal spot because that's you know where yeah. they used him so well at least for half of the year for a while but, but wh- what's going to happen now i i the usage will certainly be there you look at the roster right now i mean only kyle pitts as a playmaker other than that you're looking at Nothing, literally nothing. They, we don't know who the receiver is yet. They don't have a receiver on the roster. Zacchaeus maybe is a, is a receiver. I don't even know. So, you know, ideally, Patterson comes back into that role of the first nine weeks. If they're logical at all, he will be their number one receiver. He'll also be their running back one. I mean, 5.1 career yards per carry, that's top 10 all time. 452 yards after contact was in the top 10 of last year. 2.23 yards per route run was top 10. 7.3 yards after the catch per reception, top 10. All the metrics, everything he was used in, he thrived. So he could play every single position in this offense. He probably will at this point. There's just funny tweets about like running back one, Patterson, running back two, Patterson, receiver one, Patterson, receiver right. two, Patterson. Like he's all they have. And so well, you brought up, you brought up Debo Samuel. And, yeah. you know, there's obviously some similarities there. Um, it, but to me, the main difference is Cordero Patterson is like Debo Samuel, except like his coach has had a concussion or something. <laughs> yeah. So he, so he just like kind of like forgets what he's doing, like, you know, uh, can't read the plays, just like kind of sending people out willy nilly to run whatever they want. 
It's like it's like he's he's dumb Debo Samuel, except it's not his fault because he's not the one calling the plays. Exactly. Anyway, that's my hot take. And I, and I like <laughs> Arthur Smith. I mean, when he was with the Titans, they were top three in touchdowns. For yeah, three but this was years. inexcusable. Like what? Like we could see it. We're just guys. We could see this. We're like, what are you doing? What? Why are you not passing him the ball? I don't know. It, it was so you funny. How, like just if you judged him on his fantasy value by like our text exchanges early in the season, it was every week. I love Corderell Patterson yeah. more than any human being on planet Earth. And then like the last five weeks, it was like, what the fuck are they doing? Why are they just running him up the gut every play? What What's going on? It was just a tale of two Pattersons. And it still doesn't make sense to me. And that's the risk here is yep. if you just go back to that shitty version of Patterson, then it really wasn't much. 12, 13, four and a half, eight, seven, two to end the season was the running back again, 40. The running back six at the beginning of the year, though. So the the, the risk reward is certainly there at the price. I'm still all in. He's going around like eight, nine right now. Why not take a stab and hope that they realize we have no playmakers. This guy was the playmaker of our team. I don't know why they changed it. Hopefully they've they've learned from their mistakes because over the first uh, 12 weeks, he had a running back one game in well over half of them. He was a running back one or two in all but two of the first 12 weeks. I mean, he was a stud. He was the waiver wire, and he still is the waiver wire pickup of the, the year, despite the, the low finish. But, man, like, I need the- he was He was my Christian McCaffrey replacement, and he was, and, and he was he great was and, until, like, until the end. He was awesome. Doing a damn um, fine job. Oh, yeah. Let's hope. So, let's hope, Matt. Rashad Penny, going back to the Seahawks, makes sense. We – Chris Carson's future with the team and maybe in general is up in the air coming back from like neck surgery. So who knows where he's going to land or if he's going to land. I mean, that's a kind of scary injury to do it. Penny definitely had some moments last year and actually took less cash to stay with the team. Yeah. I love that fact. Like he wants to come back. He wants to prove himself and he wants to do it for the team that originally gave him a shot. I always love that type of narrative. And I really do like Rashad Penny. How could you not after he finished the last five weeks as the running back one over five games, 654 rushing yards, wow. six TDs, 7.4 yards per carry. He's actually third all time in yards per carry, 5.61, just ahead of Bo Jackson. <laughs> I mean, that's not too shabby company to be in. Granted, it's the health concerns. Can he ever stay all the way through a season? He did play a career high, 253 snaps last year, 84 PFF run game. The guy was a beast. And again, the running back one in fantasy. It's funny how like all three running backs we talked about, Fournette, Patterson, now Penny, the ideal situation was for all of them to return to their homes. All three of them did. And that's very exciting in that sense. Usually it's so much better when it's like, oh, we get a new home and it's sexy. What's their jersey going to look like and all that? It's great that all three of these guys landed right back in their homes. As you mentioned, Chris Carson, all the speculation so far is He's, he's the main guy, the athletic reported, and they want him to be the, the first man up. But you look at what Penny did, oh, those numbers I already told you. I mean, he had his 26-6. He had one dud week against the Rams and 19-32-25. and 25. So three of his final five games were above 25 fantasy points. Four of the five were running back ones. I mean, if he gets that type of usage, that was, of course, without um, – Carson there, but 21 PPR points per game over those last five weeks. That's, that's McCaffrey level numbers. I mean, it's insane. Someone's going to be really disappointed drafting Chris Carson higher than they should this year. I'm telling yeah. you. And I love Chris Carson. I really do. But no, like the thing is, is he's going even to- if he's the number one guy, he's not going to get the usage that he, that you need him to get. I just don't I- think he's going to get the carries. He's got this guy breathing down his neck. 
who's maybe younger, faster, better, all that stuff. I just, I, I think maybe, maybe he might be the symbolic starter, but I just don't think he's going to get the carries. No, even again, if he like doesn't next, get hurt. Next year, like, what if he even plays? Like next well, year, right. surgery. Yeah, yeah. Next surgery. Uh, the, the thing is, is Carson is falling like three, four rounds after Penny, so I don't mind. Oh, okay, okay. Both guys, yeah. It's not one of those things where like he's named the starter now. Everyone's taking it. Okay, all right. Carson's going around like thirteen right now, so I kind of don't even hate sneaking that in. No, thirteen, sure. He's been a bulldozer in the past, but if it's one or the other, it's clearly Penny, even at the more expensive price. Um, I I love. Yeah, but if you're if you're in a league with some idiots, though, someone's going to draft him a lot higher than round thirteen. Most of us have at least one. <laughs> yeah, you got to have – your quota's got at least one idiot in the league. Um, Raheem Mostert to the Dolphins. This is our last kind of top-level running back story. Then we're going to rattle through some of the smaller ones and then hit the tight ends. Uh, Raheem Mostert to the Dolphins is the only top kind of guy, if we, if we can call him a top guy, that is going to a different team. We talked already a little bit about him, about how they're selling out for speed. I mean, personally, I think the Dolphins can expect a solid one or two good preseason games out of him before the season's over. <laughs> yeah, just one or two. And, then, and that's it. The sports car will break down, uh, as it always happens. But, man, if he can last, I think he's going to be one of the steals of fantasy right now. Uh, I do like Chase Edmonds. I guess this is a good opportunity. We already talked about Edmonds on uh, our first free agency plot. I think it's like our fourth or fifth at this point. This is like our fourth or fifth one. Yeah. He's bombing. Uh, but we did talk about Edmonds. He was one of the first free agents to sign. So on that day one where we talked about Connor and him, um, if you want some more running backs, we're kind of covering the running backs we haven't hit yet. But it's a good chance to kind of revisit them both now that Mostert's there and it's, it's a shared backfield. I do think it's going to be Edmonds as the first man up. He's paid more. Uh, he's got more promise indeed. But both of them are ideal fits for this Miami team that continues to prioritize speed, speed, and speed. I just want to repeat that stat for anyone that might not have been with us for those first few minutes. Four fastest speeds recorded by next-gen stats since 2016. Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert. Both have the two of the, you know, they share it. Two of the top four times for each of them. Both are absolute sports cars. Mostert did say the head coach, Mike McDaniel, told me my role will be similar to what it was in San Fran. I can definitely compete for the starting role. That's why I signed here. And it's a guy that knows him and loves him. And that I always love when a new coach kind of brings his old players in. It means he loved him. He loved using him. He did only have two carries last season. That's the risk is what if he just breaks down? He's coming off a season-ending knee injury. His doctor, though, Dan Cooper, said it's the best recovery I've ever seen from someone who has a cartilage procedure. And everybody just raving about him, the, the way they're hyping him up. Nobody's as good in the open field. A lot of his 49ers teammates, so these are kind of quotes from them as he parts from them. They, they love the guy. Nobody can catch him. It's ridiculous, said Kyle Juszczyk. Joe Staley, so fast and fearless through the hole. One of the best running backs, Trent Williams, comparing him to the new age Chris Johnson. All these good things. Uh, we, we mentioned the two fastest speeds of all time, but the, the big thing is just how fast he gets up and down the field in this zone-blocking scheme. It makes him such a dangerous threat. He's averaged 10 yards uh, on his 36 career catches. So dangerous as a receiver. He was actually a college receiver for a little bit. The guy can do it all. He's great on those wheel routes too. He had that one like playoff game, 220 yards, four TDs. Like there's a great resume here all under again, his former run game coordinator. So it's great. He signed him. That all being said, I do think Edmonds is the number one. He had 25% of his carries go for 15 plus miles per hour. So speed, 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 that common theme with Mike McDaniels and this new look dolphins Uh, dolphins were last in the league. Uh, with carries that went 15 plus miles per hour last year. I, these stats that people collect, by the way, are just so fucking. Ridiculous. I was just, I was waiting because uh, I just want to say, 
how fortunate I feel to live in an era where we just have a radar gun on everybody, every play running just to see how fast they're going. It's so nuts. Like I remember when, when I was a kid, it was like a big deal when they had a radar gun, like on a pitch in baseball. Yeah. Like they they didn't usually have it. And and every now and then they would. And you would just be like, that is so incredible. Now we just got it on every person all the time. Like, Oh, he's going 18 miles an hour. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's insane. What a time um, to be alive, folks. What a time indeed. 43 catches, though. That's the thing that Edmonds does better than Moster is, is as a receiver. Great receiver, good pass protector. Uh, we talked about it last time, but he got two starts last year. He had 21 and 15 points. Uh, you know, the guy, whenever he gets used, is great at it. PFF did also know this is what I, I really love, too. One of the biggest inside zone rushing schemes. Edmonds graded out far higher in zones than gap schemes throughout his career. So he's a good fit. They clearly identified this guy as a nice zone runner for that. I could just do a whole podcast on zone rushing schemes, how much I love them. So I love the fit for Edmonds. I love that Mostert's back with his old coach for however long he holds up. That's, of course, the rub here. He might last to two carries like he did last year and be a burnt pick completely. But if you get a full season, I mean, we saw top 15 running back seasons in two back-to-backs, 2019-2020, points per game was insane. So this is a great landing spot for Mostert to preserve some value, especially when he's going after pick 120 right now. Uh, Great later round flyer. Uh, Definitely a little ding to Edmonds' shine, but I still really do like Edmonds as well here. All right, let's fly through these uh, smaller running back ones real quick so we can hit the tight ends. Um, These are smaller names, but, you know, could have some fantasy impact definitely. we got two guys returning to their teams, J.D. McKittick, And James White, who killed me last year when he got hurt. I really thought I was so smart taking him when I did. Um, And then we got Deontay Foreman going to the Panthers, which, you know, spells probably the untimely death of Chubba Hubbard. And Duke Johnson (laughs) heading to the Bills. Yeah, a lot of smaller names. But keep in mind with McKissick, just two years ago, was first in running back target, second in running back receiving yards, the running back 18 in PPR. We did see him drop to the running back 31 in PPR. But he's being drafted as like the 45 running back right now. So yep. in PPR leagues, we'll still have some value. It is a little bit of a ding to Gibson, who you know, long live his his running back workhorse note of two days. Everybody was yep. freaking out. Oh, Gibson's finally unleashed. Too bad. Uh, but the reports are from the Athletic that they did hope to involve Gibson more in the passing game next season anyways, before they let J.D. McKissick walk until he returned. But even still, they're hoping to get him involved. Again, we always emphasize Gibson was a receiver in college. I don't know what is going on and why he has not been used as a receiver at all at the NFL level. He's so damn explosive. So that's still the hope. I hope this keeps his price down because everybody starts freaking out. And like if J.D. McKissick is the the biggest thing keeping you from your fantasy ceiling, then you probably have bigger problems than just J.D. McKissick. And I I don't think Gibson has those problems. I don't know why everyone's freaking out. It's driven down his price completely. I'm still going all in. Washington is so stupid, though. Oh, yeah. One of the dumbest organizations. It's just so dumb. You know, we just talked about how dumb the Falcons are. The, the Washington is so dumb. Like, maybe the dumbest organization in football. Maybe. Um, maybe. But he's falling around three right now, Gibson. I'll, I'll gobble him up in round three oh, every yeah. single time. Um, James White was the other one you mentioned returns to his team. He doesn't get drafted right now in best ball drafts. I take That's him nuts. In, That's crazy. Him, I take him in the last round. He's been the last round pick of every single best ball draft I've done. He had 12 and 18 points in his first two weeks. Very yeah. solid, serviceable numbers was the running back 13 for those first two weeks in PPR leagues, averaging 15 points per game. He saw seven and six targets, and the Pats have done nothing to add any type of receiving talent. 
I think he's going to walk right back into James White role, which is always a low end to mid range running back to that you're getting in the last round of fantasy. You don't get someone this useful in the last rounds. I get shoot for upside, shoot for the ceiling. I've always, I've always been a ceiling change. I've always been a star fucker. We all know this, but I will also sign up for a guaranteed running back too for however long he's on the field in PPR leagues every single day if it's going to cost me a last round pick. That is by far the safest, most dependable, especially if you go like a quote-unquote zero running back strategy and you need something that you know you'll get at least some points out of. James White is the definition of that as a last round stab right now. Duke Johnson, you know, he had a couple huge games with the Dolphins, 107 yards, two touchdowns, 20 receiving, was the running back one in week 15. Didn't do anything else. But Buffalo is like, you know, it's Buffalo. Singletary gets hurt or sucks. It's, it's an explosive enough offense that Duke Johnson might also be worth a last round stab. Give me James White over everybody. I'll take James White ahead of all the guys on this list. But All the guys. Uh, yeah. Again, James White, my favorite last round pick you could possibly make. I don't hate Foreman, though, who we did see fill in quite admirably for Derrick Henry. And if Christian McCaffrey's last couple of years are any indication, Foreman will be making some starts this next or year. Or if they trade Christian McCaffrey, which has been talked about. Which has oh, – imagine that Foreman would just shoot to the moon. And no, I, I think it's a distinct possibility that that happens. I, the way this offseason is going, I would almost expect it Like at this point. We said it at the top of the show, McCaffrey the Bills. I'm calling it now. Uh, but ultimately, I do see Foreman as a one of the best handcuffs in all of fantasy right now. And why? Obviously, one, just you know, 566 yards on 133, one of the bright spots for the Titans all last year. But he's also – what really impresses me about him is how big he is, but how good of a receiver he is. He does a lot of the wheel – like I keep bringing up the wheel routes. He, for a big man, he streaks down the field and can get hit over in the breadbasket. Like very dangerous in the open field. For a guy you're getting in, again, the last round. So we're talking about four running backs that you're probably going to go in your last two to three rounds. I really like all the names you talked about. If I was ranking them, it would be James White at the top, who's going last out of all of them. Then probably Foreman because you're going to get some starts out of him. And then, you know, I, I, don't, I know McKissick is like dependable, but I don't know. I just never really want him. So give me Duke Johnson on the Bills. There's a little bit of upside out of all. I also don't want Duke Johnson, so yeah. I feel the same way about both. And right. the only running backs left before we move into tight ends uh, that haven't signed yet, so we'll talk about these guys whenever they do land. Melvin Gordon still very, very weirdly quiet. My guess is that means he's probably going to go back to Broncos and all of us uh, Javante Williams fans. I mean, really here. Uh, it's going to break my heart. But it's, I almost said, but it's just in my gut, I know it's happening. So I've stopped drafting Javante Williams when he's going ahead of Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook. And no, like, no more of that, please. Because uh, Melvin Gore is probably going to go back. If not, we'll revisit. But uh, I'm guessing Gordon's back there. Ronald Jones visiting the Chiefs. CEH just, that, that's what probably our worst call of all time is CEH as like the number five running back a few years ago. I mean, I'll never get over that and forgive myself. And Ronald Jones might be going there. CJ's probably dancing. We should look. We need to look through, like, really take our time and look through and and see if we can nail our worst calls of all time. That's one of them, probably. But the jury. Exercise. Like, like make a hall of shame and a hall of fame. Like, we have made, I'd say, more good calls than bad calls. We we absolutely have. But it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to. You know, it's fun to talk about how high we were on Martavis. Martavis Bryant. We could we could really go down a wormhole of some of our really and it's always God. We loved him. Upside, yeah. Oh God. Sony Michelle also hasn't landed, and I just realized Justin Jackson's a free agent. I didn't realize that uh, until yesterday. 
But he, he Eckler's quote unquote handcuffed, and he was getting involved in that backfield. So one, that's good for Eckler. I had no idea Jackson was a free agent. But if he doesn't come back to the Chargers, good for Eckler and, and where he lands. I kind of like Justin Jackson. So those are a handful of running backs that still haven't landed. The really only open backfields, like maybe Buffalo, but it seems like they are committed to Singletary, the running back two and fantasy for the playoffs. Jets is Michael Carter their guy or not? And then Houston, of course, is just a sickening team, but wide open backfield. If you know, Melvin Gordon could be a three down back and actually would have some value with Houston. Ugh, but that's Houston. I would rather be a backup for a year than start for the Jets or Houston. I'm just, <laughs> just going to so say. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I guess All the right, other running back note is Dalvin Cook, too. Like, is he going to actually get into any legal trouble after that? Remember that all that shit that came up last year? Like, that's With a Dalvin course. Cook. I mean, yeah. I remember I remember Kamara beat somebody up at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he got arrested. That, that's, that, that was what I saw a funny tweet the other day. I was like, this offseason's been so crazy, I completely forgot that Kamara got arrested this offseason. Yeah, I just so remembered cool. it a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, right, that happened. No, yeah, I didn't remember. Oh, wait, yeah, I remember the thing. Remember there was the domestic abuse, and then, like, Schefter sure. was like, He's innocent. And then it was like, fuck you, Schefter. You're like support is a really fucked up situation that again, nobody really knows what's going on. So we won't speculate, uh, but that's certainly yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Obviously Dalvin cook getting suspended would, would change the entire fantasy landscape. So we'll find out. All right. Um, Let's ends. talk about tight ends. Yeah, give, us a, give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Please consider that thumbs up. Let's get on to tight ends. Gronk is likely to come back. I'm assuming that means for Tampa Bay, because why would he go anywhere else? And that puts him right back into your top six as far as tight ends go. When he did play, I want to say he was like the tight end four, maybe even the tight end three. So, I mean, that that's mm-hmm. not crazy at all. He's still not super old. Was the tight end three in points per game, but it's good we're doing this pod today because just a, a few, you know, 30 minutes ago, there was a, a tweet that he is truly undecided, according to Drew Rosenhaus. My guess is this is a money play. Like, you know, he's truly undecided unless you give him a couple more million and then he will 100% be back. Uh, but he already has come out and said it's bucks or retirement. So we either know he's walking right back into tight end three in points per game, like you mentioned, tight end seven in total points despite missing three whole games and being hurt for other ones. He was a tight end one in 67% of the games, tight end two at 8%, and had a couple duds here and there, 4.9, 3.3, but overall was just a monster. And yes, some of it was touchdowns. Like he had multiple two touchdown games, but a lot of this was just great usage. The top three in air yardage down the seam, uh, everything. PPR put, it, just receiving yards seventh, receiving targets seventh. Like everything was just great. It was the Gronk of old after a year where it looked like he was dinged up and not himself anymore. It, you could tell this was Gronk. Maybe even the most athletic Gronk we've seen since he was like putting up 17 touchdowns. So it was beautiful to see. And they, they didn't have to use him in line at all. They did move OJ Howard, but I still think they know Gronk's just a big receiver at this point. So it is a little concerning in the fact that I, I did have to move him down to like Dawson Knox range until he's officially back. Cause I can't spend a top three tight end pick on a guy that might actually retire. I don't buy these reports that he is like unlikely and truly. You know, up in the air. I really think that's just a money grab from Drew Rosenhaus, one of the best money grabbers in the league. But I, I think he's going to be back. I put it at like 79% chance that we see Gronk. And if he's back, there's no reason to treat him like anything other than a top five tight end, top three potential. I agree with you on everything. And I think it's just hilarious and really you know, states the obvious about what we know about you anyway. You're sitting here saying like, oh, I can't take a guy, you know, top three when there's a chance he might retire. Keep in mind, you're someone who's drafting 
multiple teams and it's mid-March. So most people don't do their fantasy drafts in mid-March. So these are very, these are niche like situations we're talking about. And Um, that though, this is the thing is the reason I do this is I've been getting grunk. Because you're a psycho is why you do it. And and I love you for it. The the biggest reason is yes, I'm demented. I'm sick. I'm disturbed a hundred percent. But you also look at this. If Gronk comes back, I was taking him. He's bumped up like 70 spots in the last month. I was taking him at pick 180 as like a last couple round flyer with Tom Brady as my next pick as like a last yeah. round flyer. And now I, you know, I'll probably have the number five quarterback in fantasy, number five tight end in fantasy for my last two picks. And when it's called gambling, <laughs> that's what it is. And, and that's what you're doing. And I totally get why you do it. And it's fun. And at the same time, most people aren't struggling with this issue. Although maybe most people listening to our show do so yeah, if you're listening to this show, to you and if you're listening to this show and you have not joined underdog this is where i keep alluding to like where i'm drafting these guys go, I'm go just tell doing, me. Like, mock drafts for like on draft calculator i'm i'm putting you know 10 bucks <laughs> in we're a shot at fifty thousand dollars over there at underdog getting these edges on the field go and use my big board it's it's updated every day you'll keep getting these edges there's so many values what we'll probably do i'd say after we get all this free agency news we'll do another draft uh, and, and just kind of see yeah, everybody. Let's do that. And let's do you know, that. who I consider the best values because it is starting to catch up. I mean, I was getting Derek Carr really late. And now Adams is there. Obviously, there's some piece like I didn't anticipate Adams going there. But there's just that, it's, it's been a great offseason for me in that sense. Almost everything has been lining up, whether it's Gronk and Brady unretiring, whether it's you know Adams going with Carr. I have, I have those two stacked on like half of my teams. And I didn't obviously do that on purpose. It's, it's great. It's been a great offseason for underdog. Code RSJ, $100 match. Go do it now. <laughs> Robert Tanyan going back to the Packers, and that is significant because who who the hell else are you going to throw to? So, I mean, why not Robert Tanyan? I know. it's It was such a tale of two Tanyans these last two years. Yeah, that's if true. Get, if you get two years ago, Tanyan, he's coming off a, a pretty big injury. So, I'd say it's about a 30% chance you get 2020 Tanyan, and it's probably a 70% chance you get last year's Tanyan. Let's start with the bat. Let's get that out of the way. 28 and 28 in points per game. Uh, Two good games. He was like Marquez Valdez-Scantling of the tight ends. Two good games. 25% of his games were good. And the other half or the other 70% were awful. One, two, one, three. So he either killed you or he had 17 and and one year a week from the tight end position. So that was bad. But two seasons ago, led tight ends and touchdowns, uh, led all tight ends and fantasy points over expectations, uh, PPR tight end five in total points. And he had seven, uh, 50% of his games were tight end one. Uh, another 20% were tight end two. So 70% of the time you were getting a tight end one or tight end two. He very rarely had, he did have a couple of those one, two, five point duds, but that's, that's tight end. Tight end. Other than Gronk and, and Kelsey and, and sometimes Waller, not really Waller. Uh, you're not in Kittle. I mean, obviously there's some tights we could get into, but Overall, the tight end position is just very boom or bust. So when you're getting a, a top 20 guy 70% of the time, that's worth it. That's legit. So that was the 2020 Tunyon. And as you mentioned, who else are they throwing to? Not even MBS is there anymore. No, no. Uh, Devontae Adams clearly gone. So this is one of the very few guys, in addition to Alan Lazard, that, that already has that rapport established with Rodgers. And, yes, they're going to draft some rookies and, and add some talent. But how many times have we seen Rodgers just not gel with rookies and go to the guys that he trusts that will be Tunyon, assuming he's healthy and recovered. So he's up to my tight end 17 on the off chance that he's fully, I mean, he's one of the fastest tight ends in the league, works out with Kittle and all the off seasons, like really refining that craft with one of the best in the game. 
I like taking a, a tight end two stab. If you, I, I don't want him as my number one tight end. I'll tell you that much. But if you can get him as your, your second guy, very few have the, the upside where he's going late. But the next guy does have just as much upside in my opinion. All right. Well, maybe the next guy does. Other than that, this is a, a list of, of it's going to get you know, ugly fast. But lar- largely duds. Let's talk about Gerald Everett going to the Chargers, and then and then we'll just rapid fire the last few. Uh, we actually mentioned kind of one of them on the last show um, in relation to Njoku, but Gerald Everett to the Chargers, and then we'll get and then we'll hit the drags. Maybe we'll talk NCAA for a couple minutes and then take off. So, talk to us about the move by the Chargers. Well, one is it's Justin Herbert with. Not a ton of you – know, obviously, you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams, but <laughs> – Big contract, Mike. Big contract, Mike. Small contract these days after what we're seeing. Right, actually, that's true. Peanuts. <laughs> but Chargers, ninth in tight end targets last year, 137, and that was with a, a 35-year-old Jared Cook. I don't even know. He's a corpse. Uh, didn't do much. <laughs> the tight end, 15th in fantasy points, 12th in touchdowns last year, uh, 12th in air yards last year, and he sucks. You give Gerald Everett one of these guys that – this is all these weird stats. We talk about you know miles per hour, all these crazy stats. But there's one that I do like. It's called uh, receiving air conversion ratio. Our talk to me. <laughs> it's this metric divided. The Rotoviz developed, and essentially what it is is we all know air yards, how deep your targets are, how many yards you're intended to get. What this is is how many of those yards do you actually convert on? Because like MBS is the king of air yards that don't get converted. Well, this is the stat that how many times are you targeted deep and actually come down with it? This guy was third in the NFL in that stat. So he really, whenever he was used, was hyper-efficient. There's you know, also well above the league average in terms of points above expectation. Like all the efficiency stats tell you, Gerald Everett had a really good year. And when Russell Wilson was out there, he was right around 10 points per game during those last, um, last seven weeks of the season when Russell Wilson came back after the bye week. He was a tight end one in over half the games, 56% of the time. And again, tight ends, like over half the time being a tight end one is extremely rare. And we saw this with uh, on a bad Seattle team for the most part. Top 20 in PPR fantasy points last year in a much better situation now. I think the efficiency will meet the volume, will meet the entire you know, talent of all these like tight end 20 through 30 that go in the last couple rounds. If I was going to pick one to blow up, it would be Gerald Everett with the Chargers. Uh, it started cracking up in the middle of you talking because CJ uh, just messaged in receiving air conversion ratio duck voice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like such a it really does. It's such a. <laughs> I don't know how seriously <laughs> to take that. Like, I don't know. Oh, well, wonder, yeah, the, the, the deep minister. Come no, I said I said duck, not Andrew Luck. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> which, is the, which is that gets kind of the same voice. I get yeah, exactly. No, I, was, I knew you said Doc. That's who I'm. <laughs> no, I know. I'm. I'm, 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 kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You let it in air receiver arms conversion. <laughs> oh, Doc! I hope he's watching. I know. He yeah, he always listens. Yeah, he always listens to the pod the day after. So, yeah. Doc, shout out to you, brother. Yeah, shout out to you and your air conversion ratio <laughs> um, <laughs> and separation. Don't forget oh, yeah. separation. All right, let's fly through these. Hayden Hurst. Well, I, I think we give Hayden Hurst a little time. Just oh, jeez, come on. And then Hayden there's Hurst. three that will fly through. <laughs> He's on the Bengals, and that's really the, the crust of the argument. Yeah, okay, fine. Hayden it's a, good, it's a good offense. But I also – that's kind of the, the whole argument. And then you look at it and you look at what Uzuma did there, and it really wasn't that good. It was two huge games where he was the number one tight end in fantasy over you know 20 fantasy points in those games. 
And then it was really not much else after that, although Uzuma was second in receiving air yards conversion rate <laughs> last year. So an efficient role here with them. But you think about it. He's going to be behind Jamar Chase. He's going to be behind T. Higgins. He's going to be behind Tyler Boyd, probably behind Joe Mixon, just like Uzuma was. You're not going to get consistency out of Hayden Hurst. Everybody's raving about this spot, and it is one of the better offenses. So you always like a tight end dark throw in a good offense, especially in best ball where you don't have to predict when the big weeks will happen because Hurst is going to have some touchdowns. And last time he was a heavily used guy, 56 catches, 571, and six touchdowns with the, the Falcons. Like, is that world beating? No, but no. six touchdowns in 570, as a tight end, that's a, he was a top 15 guy. And could he be a top 15 guy this year for a top, you know, tight end 25 price? Yeah, he, he really could. So good athlete plus athlete with some some decent skills, replacing Uzuma in a role that Uzuma wasn't all that consistent. It, it's it's it looks sexier than it is. Is kind of how I look at this one. It's well, the, I don't I, I don't think it looks very sexy. I don't think it looks very sexy at all. So uh, I guess if it doesn't even look as sexy as I think it does, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even going driving to the hoop there at all. Um, uh, all right. Speaking of CJ Uzuma, um, he has gone to the Jets, so his career's over. Austin yeah. Hooper uh, has been released. Uh, we talked about that in the context of David Njuku a little bit, and he is going to the Titans. Ricky Seals-Jones, yes, he's still in the NFL. Uh, he's going to the Giants. So uh, his career, which I already kind of thought was over, is now officially over. And O.J. <laughs> Howard is going to the Bills. Yeah, uh, we can rapid fire through them all. Um, <laughs> I think I think we just did. I think the, mo- the most useful nugget of this <laughs> is you, you alluded to David Njoku, who we talked about a couple pods ago, or maybe last pod. I, they're all just – we keep doing these emergency pods out of nowhere. Because it keeps having pods. Whatever the Deshaun Watson pod is, we emphasize that Njoku is a top 13, top 12 tight end in my rankings now. Athletic freak with the role to himself with one of the best quarterbacks. Love, love Njoku moving forward. Cooper, you know, the two games he played without Njoku last year, he did have 12 points per game. That would have been the tight end four last year. I, I know it's not translating. He's on a completely different team. And, you know, but they do have the Titans, uh, 50% of their targets available from last year, 101 vacated tight end targets. So it's all but seven. So there's a lot of volume for Hooper coming here. Do I think he's that good? No, but no. he's walking into a role where he could see some stats. Again, a last round stab. I prefer Everett. I prefer Hurst. And then maybe Hooper would be my next man up. I don't like Uzuma. You said Jet dies with the Jets. Everything dies with the Jets. Seals Jones dies with the <laughs> – your analysis was pretty spot on for Seals Jones. And then I guess the one other guy, O.J. Howard, like I don't think he's going to do much. He's more of an inline blocker. To me, this only helps Knox because they can like split him out and put him as a big slot more often. But if Knox went down – O.J. Howard would then inherit that role, and and he is a freak athlete. He did have a crazy yards per catch over his first two years before injuries kind of caught up. I don't know if he'll ever be that same guy since his torn Achilles, but ultimately, if he's ever going to rehab his value, it would be some within an offense like the Bills. So uh, all these guys, desperation last-round picks at best, Hooper being my favorite of these four. We did have a few uh, mailbag things. Most of them are just saying hi, but why don't we just hit those real quick? Um, all righty. I'd like to respect anybody that hung around for us. Kyle Tunenberg Tunes says the NFL needs to shut up. It's drunk. <laughs> it's so drunk. And fuck it. Let's keep riding, baby. Yeah. Um, and then Danny says <laughs> thirsty Thursday. <laughs> Danny Jenny's coming on in with the drinks as always. I right. love you, Danny. As, <laughs> you know, which is not to be mistaken for Thursday Wednesday. Or yeah, Thursday, Thursday Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch says, I get it. And I'm glad to see you guys yesterday. Of course, my birthday. Turning 29, Hill is traded away. Oh, Mitch, Mitch, you got a lot of good years still to come, man. I yeah. remember 29 fondly. 
Oh yes. man, but damn, a happy birthday to you, right? I will say this though: if if I was picking one side of the trade to be on, I'd take the five picks. I I, I like yeah. the Chiefs. No, picks. I said it was an overspend. I really do. I, I mean, as good as Hill is, one of the best receiving talents, one of the, the biggest game breaker in the league. I, I think it's more Mahomes than it is Hill, and I, I don't think they're going to struggle to find a, a replacement. You're never going to find a one to one replacement, but a seventy five percent. Hill, it's not going to be Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'm telling you that now. But whoever no, no, that, sure not. I really hope they get Olave from OSU. He is just he's, – he's the next Tyree Kill. And he, he would be the next Tyree Kill if he gets with Pat Mahomes. I would – I'd cream. That would be the perfect spot. What Do you think there's a chance Antonio Brown ends up on the Packers or the Chiefs? Oh, God, I'd love it. He, he would go right back into top 15 receiver territory. He's my – so I talked I mean, until he went insane and, like, you know, then he wasn't playing anymore. But he's such a great name to bring up. I know. So the, he's the type of guy, just like what I was doing with Brady and Gronk, he's become my new Brady and Gronk as like the last two rounds of best ball. Why not? Because who else is out there in the league that if he does sign somewhere, and especially if he signs with those two, could be a top 15 guy? Well, remember, I got him absolutely dirt cheap, and I was so smug. I got him in, in my draft for like $4, and I yeah. talked it up. And I knew, I knew. everyone. No one was impressed, and I knew it was so smart. I was just like, he's going to absolutely light it up. And he did until he didn't. And, uh, until he ripped off his shirt. Yeah. And, and then, he, you know, all my players screwed me. Him, Cordell Patterson, they all just, like, turned on me at once. Um, yeah. All right, let's keep oh, going. Man. Denny Jenny. Ideal target. Antonio yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with your logic totally. If he, plays, if he plays and doesn't go crazy, he's still a great receiver. Denny Jennings, um, he predicted uh, Hill's stat line this year, 75 catches, 889, nine touchdowns. I don't Ooh. think that that's crazy. Actually. I think he'll be a little better than that. I don't I mean, know, man. It's I, it's not – that's probably his floor, which is not a great floor for a guy that's going to be going in your first couple rounds, probably late second now. But there is the ceiling. I do want to keep emphasizing, like, if they use him like Debo Samuel, he's a better athlete, a better player than Debo Samuel. So, I mean, if Mike McDaniels does that – and this is what Tyree Kill was when he came into the league, a running back, a receiver, a all-over-the-place guy. I'm, I'm going yeah. to respectfully disagree with you on part of that analysis, uh, on him being like better than Debo if, if he did the Debo role. I think that Debo's a bigger, like yeah. more powerful runner, and I don't think that – I mean, I, Debo has put people down like running across – like, you know, like from the running back position, you're like, man, that guy is a horse – Tyreek is not like I think Tyreek if you set him up as just a running back running inside the tackles like that that guy could yeah. really get messed up I agree with you too I I, I shouldn't keep saying like comparing Adam Savage because Debo is he's, he's a truck like he he hits like a Mack truck he loves the physicality of the game that's why he does get hurt a little bit more than your standard receiver but sure. yeah, they, 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 you're, you're not giving Tyreek the, the ball and having him steamroll a linebacker that's not what happens it's more so the plays they designed for Debo when he's getting into space I, I'm not picturing Tyreek Hill lining up and taking seven carries a game. That it, that won't work. But end arounds out in space, like that type of Debo, 100. I'm not even disagree with that. Like that is that's right. the truth about Debo. He's a truck. Like he he could be. You could give him 20 carries a game. Like he, he's a beast. You couldn't sure. do that with Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you could give you could give DK Metcalf 20 carries a game if you wanted to. Oh, I kind of I kind of wish they would. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun to see. There is some rumblings. I guess I'm glad you brought up DK Metcalf because I should have said this from the top. There are like minor rumblings that both the Chiefs and Packers have contacted the Seahawks about either Lockett or DK Metcalf. I mean, that would be no, magic. Either of those receivers. Now, now you, you you got my attention. 
And DK landed with either one of those teams. Could you rate him outside your top three? Like, I'd probably put him at number two. Two. Maybe yeah, one. Only Cooper Cup above him. Maybe one. I'm serious. Uh, he could compete with one, for sure. Now that Allen Robinson's there, like, honestly, yeah, he'd become a top seven pick for me. If he you, goes you, you put there. DK Metcalf on the Packers right now, forget about it, man. Oh, my God. Now I'm just getting too excited. <laughs> I know. Now I'm, like, getting all worked up here, and we got to get off the air in a few minutes. But you put, um, you put Lockett on the Chiefs. Like, I know he wouldn't be quite Tyreek, but he's not far no, off. No, but he's Tyreek light and, like, you know, not Very not like fair. not like 70% light, like 85% no, like 85%. Light. Yeah. yeah. So either of those guys. Oh, God. Oh, you're getting me worked up, man. All right. Uh, Bo Flex, man. Uh, Tyreek's going to get killed if he's catching balls across the middle. Yeah, I agree with you. He's not. Well, he's he, not. Well, he, it's, 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 got a, it's a very specific thing. Like, you know, a lot of people would get killed catching those passes across the middle, like in the old NFL when you would just get speared. But if you give Tyreek like that, like five yard quick crossing pattern, he can turn that into 20 a lot of times. Yeah, he, he catches a ton of ball. I don't know why you're saying that, Bullflex, because he caught tons of balls over the middle because of how far off the D-backs have to sag. Like, you have to respect the speed, so they give him seven yards. And how many times have we seen him just catch those five yards? And, and yes, he often will go down right after because he's not Debo. He's not seeking up the contacts. smart in that sense because he would get killed. But he catches plenty of balls over the middle and, and makes 15 yards out of three. Like, I, I don't agree with this one necessarily because they use him over the middle plenty in Kansas City, and I think he's going to do that plenty here as well. Chris Jason fantasizing about the Patriots statue linebackers <laughs> and D-backs trying to chase around Tyreek, Waddle, Edmonds, Wilson, et cetera. Yeah, they already kind of struggle with the Dolphins, so this isn't going to help. No. Oh, my God. We don't have anybody that's going to be able to run with these guys. Oh, good thing we brought out Beckle Butler. Yeah, he's going to really uh, he's gonna really match up one-on-one with these guys. Good God. Mitch says Hardman will definitely be more involved now, too. MVS has way too many drops. The hands need to improve to go with the speed. Yeah, we, we've said, Mitch, he's a, his ceiling is like wide receiver 55. So I know. I, I ranked MVS higher than Hardman at first. And then the more – and like, see what some of you are saying. If there's one that's going to like actually truly take on a new role and, and blow up, it would be Hardman. I don't think he does. I don't think he's that good. But no. if, if one or the other is going to be something more than just like a, a 25% of the time blows up, it would be Hardman as somebody that could become more consistent. I don't think he does. But, I mean, Pringle's gone. Demarcus Robinson's gone. Pringle's gone. And, of course, Tyree Kill's now gone. Like, if it's ever going to happen for Hardman, it would be now. If it's ever going to happen for MBS, it would be now. I, I would say I, I bet on Hardman over MBS. So I do need to flip that in the rankings a little bit. My immediate reaction was drop Hardman. I'm done with him. But I, I, I'm on the same page as you here, Mets. Like, if somebody's going to do more, it would probably be Hardman. All those fin- all that finesse doesn't work unless the opposing team respects the run game. Play action doesn't work with a roster filled with third down backs. I think he's talking about the Dolphins. I think he is too. And I, I don't I think Mosher and Edmonds, like, yeah, they are better. They're great receivers, but that doesn't mean they can't get upfield. Mostert had a 29, 220 yard game in the playoffs. Like if he he's probably gonna break down. I do think I am like they should have somebody big behind all these guys too. Maybe they draft Robinson as well from Alabama, just a, a monster. But I, I mean, I, I disagree that Edmonds can't be an early down back that, at, you know, most can't be an early down back in that zone scheme. You see a hole and you go, it's not about pounding it. It's about finding the hole and zipping and accelerating. And both those guys do it really well. Um, so both us, man, we're not on the same page tonight, my man. We are not. Chris, uh, Jason says most for maybe one game, which yeah, we, we said that also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sports car, baby. Right. Toon says, says 2k again. Woo. 
All right. Thank we're you. Back up it's to about 2K. time. We've been, if you haven't been... already and you enjoy and you're still with us here, it means you probably like what we're doing. I hope at least unless you hate us and you want to get some, some meat. But either way, but you hate us or you love us, you want to know when we're going live so you can shit on us, subscribe and join the wolf back. Hopefully you love us though. That's yeah. the goal. But hey, either way, a sub is a sub and we'd love to have you. We've been flirting with that 2K for a long time, buying them, drink, buying it, drinks at the bar and uh, just making eyes with it. So hopefully this one sticks. Fraser yeah. McDonald, free agency is just fucking mental this year. I know. Hey, Fraser, good to see you again. And yes, Stop you're right. Me, baby. <laughs> Great to yeah. see you. And, and yeah, it's probably as good as I could put it myself. Yep. Bowflex, man. Yeah, Moster will be amazing for 10 quarters or so. We are on the same page on that. There we are. Now we're on the same page. Ten <laughs> might be too much. You know, we're not on the same page. You're giving them too much here. No. <laughs> I love it. Right, right. I said two games. Uh, Danny Jennings. Hey, Packers, you looking for a receiver? Jalen Rager for a keg of Guinness. Well, I mean, the contracts are out of control now. So I know what you're saying. That's an overpay, but still, that's the Don't disrespect the keg of Guinness like that, Daddy. Don't disrespect the keg of Guinness. Come on now. <laughs> Bowflex says Falcons will bring in a has-been running back to sell some tickets. They are tanking this year. Um, is that Adrian Peterson's music? <laughs> right? <laughs> we already have Mike Davis on the roster. Do you need another another just disgusting, gross, fat grinder? But, yeah, Adrian Peterson could easily. Yeah, I mean, he's – yeah, why not? <laughs> but why uh, not? Yeah, I, if they're smart, they, they give Mariota the year. So they're not. First, let me just stop you. They're not. <laughs> Let's answer that. No, they're not. I would say you give Mariota the year. If he sucks, which he probably will, great. You have a better quarterback class coming up next year. Yeah, I would Bryce, that guy, Bryce, uh, Bryce Young, whatever his name is. Yeah, awesome. right. Don't don't bother this year with any – You know, I, Billy Willis is some like intriguing players, but it's a gross quarterback class. Let Mariota suck. Get another good blue collar, like offensive receiver that your future quarterback can use, you know, at the top of the draft. If they're smart at all, which again, as you said, they're not, uh, but they should not touch a quarterback early in this draft. In my I agree. Mahmoud, what's up, Mahmoud? Good to see you. Packers will finally draft a wide receiver for Rodgers in the first round. I mean, I kind of feel like they have to, right? <laughs> they draft a quarterback, imagine. Out of this class, that would be awesome. That would be the best thing ever. As much as this offseason's already been the best for the Packers and Rodgers' douche ass, if they just draft another quarterback, oh, man, that would be the best thing that ever happened. This is the one that made me laugh yeah, during your speech. Thank you for that. Their conversion ratio from the duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good duck. Get, come on now. It's also a good Andrew Luck. Yeah, not that Andrew Luck. Sim- similar. <laughs> Speaking of which, how, how much do you think do you think he gets hit up a lot? In the, like people, I'll, I'll bet teams pursue that guy. Oh, so he gets it up like we should, does he no, get I, direction. Like what, what, what are you asking me about? No, I, I said, do you think he gets hit up a lot? By, oh, yeah, by, I thought you said, do you think he gets it up a lot? I'm uh, sure he gets it up a lot, but I'm that's sure not what I said. Too hard for time. He's still pretty young. No, uh, no, I, I mean, I'll bet teams I'm, – I'm saying I'll bet he gets calls from teams. Yeah, I, I'm sure every year somebody at the Colts are probably like, hey, are you, are you reconsidering? You know, you want to come back? He was the much, quarterback three the last time he played. M- much as we love Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, Danny Jennings, Nova Nation. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about NCAA really, really fast in just a second. Tunes, drunk is good. Yeah, Mick sure says, is. I'm happy with the return we got as well. I agree with your entire statement. Definitely more Mahomes than Hill. Agree. Yes, sir. Danny says, truth, I'm heading to the games tomorrow night in Philly. Also, Duke is going down tonight. Agree. I think so, too. Texas Tech, baby. That's awesome, too, Danny. They go to the NCAA games. This, uh, that's so fun. They were in Providence like 10 years ago or so, and we went and some, some of the finest uh, gentlemen's clubs, too. It's quite the trip. <laughs> Andres, just catching up. I think LBJ will take the Debo role on this team. Do you mean LeBron James? Uh, yeah. Who's, uh, 
Who's LB? Sounds like LeBron would potentially be great at that spot. Um, I, I don't, is it Lynn Bowden? I don't, I don't know who he's talking about. But, uh, yeah, LeBron maybe. But I don't know what's going on there. Danny says Rager for half a can of flat Miller Lite. Now we're talking. Again, probably disrespectful to the Miller Lite. But you're, you're talking about the value a little more respectfully. <laughs> and then CJ says, I forgot Lynn Bowden was on the Dolphins. So I guess that is who he's talking about. Yeah, Lynn Bowden Jr. Yeah. Although I think LeBron James would be more interesting. Now, Lynn Bowden is not – come on. You you have Jalen Waddell, you have Tyree Kill after giving up five picks for him, and you're telling me Lynn Bowden is going to see a single fucking carry or snap or anything? Hey, that's why they play the games. Yeah, it might be saying, no, there's no way – if Lynn Bowden has more than 20 touches this year, I will go live and eat a shoe. <laughs> I was joking about LeBron James. Of course yes. I knew he wasn't talking about LBJ, but uh, I still think it would be funny. Andres, come on now. (laughs) All right, real quick, let's uh, let's just real fast. Let's talk uh, NCAA for like just a minute, and then we're yeah. How are you doing? uh, Terrible. How about you? (laughs) How about you? My my daughter is destroying me because she doesn't. You know, none of us know anything, but she went much more with the seeds than I did. I try to get cute a little bit every year. You know, I saw Virginia Tech beat Duke. I was like, ooh, Virginia. You know, I went to Virginia. Virginia I went to Virginia Tech, and I was like, oh, I'll bet they win a couple games. Nope. Um, Arkansas, Gonzaga. I was in that final four. I think they were gone. Um, I did knock off Kentucky early. And oh, so I, had, I, I had Kentucky in the final four. Yeah, nice. I have three or four left. I had I, I had Auburn. I think I had Iowa losing in the Elite Eight. Um, it's not I also, good. I, have, I also had Auburn. In the final I have like a slim shot to make some money, but no, my, my I, I can't. I'm not winning any money from anybody. I have Gonzaga and Nova in the finals. I, I have, uh, have Zaga and Zona is what I have. So, yeah, wait, real bold to me, two number one seeds. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with a lot of the nation here where my bracket's completely done, and I'm just full St. Peter's, baby. Sure. All the St. Pete's and, and, you know, and I want nothing but horrible things to happen to Duke. Um, yeah. So who do you like, Gonzaga or Arkansas tonight? Nine and a half point favorites for Gonzaga. Got to be Gonzaga. I, I think the Zags are too good. They'll go all the way and lose in the finals again. <laughs> I agree. I, I Picking the Zags, I think that might be too many points to give up. They seem to make these games interesting all the time. What, oh, what was the spread? Nine and a half. I, I, I can't even sit to pretend like I know what the spread should be or anything in basketball. That is a lot of points. I, I still think I'm taking the Zags. Then we got Nova in Michigan. Nova is a five-point favorite. I definitely like Nova here. I think there are a chance they could go all the way. I have them in the finals. I'm a big – CJ knows this. It's going to make him puke, but I'm a, I'm a big blue fan. I love what they're doing here. I think the blue are a sneaky Cinderella. I love it. Uh, also, Duke-Texas Tech. We actually have Texas Tech. Uh, there are three. Duke's a two. Texas Tech is a one-point favorite. I'm picking Texas Tech. Texas Tech is the favorite? <laughs> yeah. I love it. And I, I am too. That defense. Love it. Yeah, I hate Mike Krzyzewski so much. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, Arizona, who I know you like going against Houston. It's a 1-5 matchup. They're only a one-and-a-half point favorite. Houston Arizona. has been uh, – Houston, they don't look like a five seed, I'll be honest. No, oh, not at all. They were Final Four last year. I mean, they, they, I always – like UCLA too. That's I have UCLA, Zona, Gonzaga, and I had Auburn by Final Four. So I, I like UCLA too. I do. Um, but I, I'm still going hardcore St. Peter's. Let's go. And, uh, Purdue always crafts themselves. I know they've looked good these first few weeks, but I, they're going to they're gonna shit. I don't trust them at all. I hate them. No, I never trust them. I, I really could see St. Peter's pulling another one off. I can't see him going past that. But No, but, but how cool is it that they've done what they've done? That's awesome. 2,000 student body. Two, it's amazing. You have a 2,000-person uh, student body. That means that your men's basketball team comprises like – 
what, like 1% of like your whole school <laughs> or, or like 2% of your whole school. I don't know what it is. I'm not, oh, I'm oh, not they, doing the math very well, but that's awesome. It's the best. Uh, it's so easy to pull from their coach is the man. He had a great interview. I, I love listening to part of my take. It's one of the, the few pods I love. So uh, I, they had I like a great interview with their head coach. So I, if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. Um, cool. yeah, it's it's such a one of the best. It's my probably my favorite Cinderella since like Steph Curry was there at Davidson. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this is the team I'm into. I mean, Oral Roberts last year. It, it's always there's somebody, but there's just I love these players. Like there's Doug Herbert. <laughs> he looks like the guy that I would see like at Jacob's Corner down the street, like drinking oh, yeah. 15 fours lights and throwing darts, and then he's just draining threes. I love it. Yeah, me too. And it, and the magic will wear off at some point, but I'm still looking forward to it. Um, yeah. And we are about four minutes into the Gonzaga Arkansas game. It's seven six Arkansas or seven six Gonzaga. So let's get out of here. Let's um, get out of here and enjoy some a lot basketball. of fun. Cheers! Always a pleasure. Enjoy that free agency in a world full of fancy sheep. Be the wolf by going to RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fancy wolves. Fancy fullback dive. If you prefer a podcast, find me at RotoStreetWolf. Check us all out, Wolfpack. You guys are the best. Please hit sub and like on your way out if you haven't already. And thanks again for being here. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.